Usually I have this thing in my ear that tells me I'm on. It's a little weird not hearing myself talk back to me. Hey, there we go. Good morning. Good morning. It is good to see y'all. Happy New Year. 2022 is finally here. 2021 is officially over. Some mixed reviews on that one. One moment. I want to go over some special moments that happened in 2021. I know there's probably some special moments, even if there's a few of them or one of them. But you probably had some special moments in 2021. I know we all had some weird moments in 2021. Here's some good moments for my family. We bought a home with some land. I don't know if that's a good thing or a curse in disguise. Because I'm always doing something. We went uh, snow tubing. Last winter with the girls, it was their first time and then first time as a family, which is a lot of fun. I'd highly recommend snow tubing. It is, it is it's good times, good times. There was not many, many good ones if I'm throwing snow tubing in there. <laughs> Our girls were in uh, uh, some plays at Narraway Theater. So if you don't know what Narraway Theater is, it's down there close to Carowinds, and they, they serve you dinner, and they put on these big Christian productions, and they're really awesome, and they did a homeschool thing where they got to be in these productions. Uh, they even had a, a little one-line uh, singing solo part in it, and so it was awesome. I'm proud of them. They did, they did great. Right now, they're making the front row look like our basement with crayons and toys everywhere, but that's okay. It's a family service, Right? Most importantly, we got chickens. I am still waiting for a return on my investment because they have yet to give me one egg. Out of six chickens, I don't have one egg yet. I've cleaned up poop. I've been pecked, and I have yet to get an egg. They keep telling me it's coming. If it doesn't come soon, we'll all have chicken for dinner. Greater Life Church has had some moments in 2021. We'd have some awesome moments. We opened a campus in Locust. And they're seeing some amazing things happen. Some awesome things happen in that community. They're being a blessing. As Pastor Andrew mentioned just a little bit ago, our giving for missions, the lives that have been changed because of you and your giving. That's big. Over $300,000? What? That's crazy. Most churches don't do that in a decade. We did it during 2021 of all years. Praise God. Amen. As you heard one of the songs this morning, our worship team began writing their own music. So we've got now about seven songs, and we've got more coming. These guys are just throwing them out there, and I'm trying to keep up. But uh, give a hand for our worship team. They are awesome. Every time, every time I get to sit on that side, I get to really just, just take it all in. Uh, they, they make me sound and look good every Sunday. It's like I just pick songs and show up. And they're, they're awesome. They are awesome. 
Oh, there's one in my family I forgot. Mimi retired. That's my mother. She retired. We'll see if it actually sticks this time. It's given her more time to call me and Andrew about doing projects. I keep telling her I'm working with the chickens, so. Have you ever had a moment that you just, you couldn't forget? A moment in your life that just stuck with you. You remember every second, every detail. I got one. Picture this, 2016, October 3rd. It's about 2 a.m. I'm pacing. Just pacing. I don't want to fall asleep because I don't want to miss this moment. Pacing, pacing. Guess what happens? The Cubs win the World Series. Y'all thought I was going to get spiritual. Hey, first time in over 100 years, and it'll probably never happen again. And I witnessed it on a TV, but I witnessed it. We've all had moments in our lives, good moments, bad moments, moments that have changed our surroundings, moments that have changed our lives. Little moments, big moments, defining moments. And I want to talk about a couple moments. I got five moments I want to go through. And I'll, I'll make it quick, kids. All right? Don't worry. We'll get to lunch soon. Since we just passed the Christmas season, I want to talk about Joseph. Our first moment is the unknown moment. It's found in Matthew chapter 2. And when I, when I say unknown, I mean unknown to us. Nothing is unknown to God. He is not surprised by anything. Praise the Lord. There's been many times I've been surprised by something. The wind knocked out of me. But God is not surprised. He's, he's a planner. He's a creator. So if you're surprised by something, the good news is that God already has a plan for that situation. We just have to trust in him for it. Let's recap Joseph, what he went through so far. So he was about to uh, marry Mary. She became pregnant. He got a visit from an angel. I told him, don't divorce her. It's okay. Name him Jesus. They go to Bethlehem. They have a baby. The shepherds come and like, woo, there's a star. A lot of stuff in the middle there that I missed. And then the wise men come. It's a couple years later. They're in a home. Verses 13 and 15 talk about it. Where an angel comes to him again. He says, Joseph, go to Egypt. Now, that's an unknown moment. The Bible tells us they had a home. The, the, the wise men visited to them in a home. So he probably started a life for themselves. He had work. He had a home. Been there for a couple years. And then God says, go to Egypt. The Bible doesn't tell us, go to Egypt. I got somebody waiting for you. Go to Egypt. There's work there. Go to Egypt. I got a house ready. It's furnished and everything. No. All he said was, go to Egypt. Somebody's trying to kill the baby. What did Joseph do? He trusted in God. He said, God, it's unknown to me, but I will go to Egypt, pick this family up, move to Egypt. See, Joseph was a carpenter, which was a great profession back then. 
which means he could probably find work almost anywhere. Stuff needed to be built, right? He could probably find work. It's almost like God prepared him ahead of time. Let me say that again. It's almost like God prepared him ahead of time. You ever felt like you're being prepared for something? Like you're doing something, why, why am I doing, why am I doing this? And the Lord says, well, just keep doing it. I don't have to tell you why. Just keep doing it. He's preparing you for something. See, God knew these things, and he wasn't surprised. He uses moments like these to build our faith. He used moments like these to protect us from things unseen. Joseph had no idea that the king was trying to kill the baby. He had no idea that Jesus was trying to be assassinated. He had no idea. But because of this unknown moment, Joseph was able to protect him, take him somewhere safe for a time. And he probably thought in his head, well, when do I come back? And in the Bible it says, God answered, I will tell you when. Kids, have you ever been told by your parents, I'll tell you when? My girls all the time, how long do I stay in my room when I say come out? Not all the time. They're good kids. They're in here, so I get to talk about them a lot. Doesn't happen often, so I'm going to take advantage. How long do I got to stay in here when I say? How aggravating is that? First, you go to a, he's going to a, a country he has no idea. Doesn't know where to live, doesn't know where to work, doesn't even know when he's coming back. But he prepared Joseph so that he could work and supply for his family in the unknown. Use where God has you right now and prepare yourself for where God wants to take you. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never, neither fail you nor abandon you. This was an unknown moment for Joseph that followed many unknown moments as he raised the Savior of the world. He got up. He left home. He didn't know how long he would be there, but God did. God knew. And that's all that mattered. You might be thinking to yourself, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this situation. How long is this going to take? You might not know, but God does. And God will sustain you enough for that time. You never know what a day will bring. Joseph went to bed not expecting to have a dream from an angel. Here we go. You never know what a day will bring. Like the next one, here we go. One day Moses was tending the flock. Seems a little simple. The Bible's full of one days. Exodus 3 starts with one day. Our next one is a miraculous moment. See, Moses one day 
was tending his, his father-in-law's flock. He was a shepherd. One day changed everything. There's a burning bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. Little did Moses know that he was about to talk with the Almighty. Exodus 3, 2 says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. Moses couldn't believe his eyes. I wouldn't either. The bush on fire not burning up. God tells him what he's about to do, what he's about to accomplish in his name. He's going to go to Pharaoh. So I'm telling him, let go of my people. And Pharaoh's heart's going to be hardened. Miraculous things are going to happen. And then my people will be set free. <laughs> Moses, though, Talking to a bush that's on fire. Okay. So he's, Moses is talking to a bush. Not just any bush, a bush that happens to be on fire. Not just on fire, but not burning up. You guys with me so far? And Moses has the audacity to say, who am I? I can't do that. Man, if God's talking to you in a burning bush, you believe what God says. He's not, oh, you're, you're the wrong Moses. Let me go to the other bush. No. You believe what he says. He gave him a miraculous sign of a burning bush so that he could believe. God knows what you're capable of better than you do. He knows how I'm, what I'm capable of better than I do. These past couple weeks have been brutal. Just for me, I mean, it's, it's like there's a weight. And there's moments in my life where I go, God, I can't handle this. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you can. Because you got me. If I was by myself, then yes, I wouldn't be able to handle it. But God has it. The strength it takes to make a stand for what's right is inside you. If you're a follower of Jesus, then whatever God puts in front of you, you can handle. If you are born again and you are a follower of the Almighty, then whatever he puts in front of you, you can handle. You might feel weak at times, but in our weakness, he is strong. Amen. See, us as humans see the amazing things of God, and sometimes all we can think of is how we are unable 
to do things. He's prepared you to stand against giants. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Not by our strength, but by God's. Being a worship guy, I really like the verse 12, Exodus 3. So Moses is asking, he says, well, how do they know that you sent me? (laughs) God answers, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. How do you know God sent you? Because I worship the Almighty. You're going to bring the people here and you're going to worship me. That's how. That's how they know. They will know me through worship. God wants this miraculous moment to be capped off with worship. Don't take your moment and what God has done in your life and let it be. Rejoice about it. Praise through it. Worship because of what he's done. My next moment involves David. He was a worshiper. He worshiped in every situation. He was also a shepherd that God had big plans for, like Moses. And just like you, he has set plans aside for you to walk into. And just like David, he will prepare them for you. This is the anointed moment. 1 Samuel 16 is where I get this stuff. David was anointed to be king of Israel by Samuel. The day started and David was watching sheep. It's almost Moses was watching sheep. David was watching sheep. They were both shepherds. God chose to lead his people from where they were to where they're going. He prepared them for that time. He used Moses to help lead the Israelites to the promised land. He used David, who is strong in protecting the flock, to be a warrior king and take down those who wanted to harm God's people. David was anointed for something while he was still a shepherd. In all of these moments, something happens before the moment. God knows. He's not surprised. Let God prepare you. Wherever you are, Allow God to use you and strengthen you, prepare you for your next task. You never know what a moment will do or what a day will bring. We don't know if this is our last day, our last moment. Only God. Make it count. Once you've been accepted, 
Once you accepted Jesus in your heart, you've been anointed by his spirit. 1 John 2.27 says, But you have received the Holy Spirit. Other translations uh, say anointing that you have received from him. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. See, John's talking about false teachers in this, this scripture, in this verse. And he's writing this letter to get the believers to stop listening to false teachers and start listening to the one that knows everything that lives inside of them. Stop being led astray by a false teaching when the one who wrote it lives in you. Those moments when you feel that you're not good enough. Those moments when the thought comes to mind is, I can't do it. Those moments that break you down. Those are the moments we need to turn to the truth what Jesus says about us, that we are a son of God and a daughter of God. We are heirs to the throne. So whatever you're facing doesn't stand a chance. David was picked not because of his outward appearance. He was picked for the heart. God looks on the inside. Take advantage of quiet moments with God. Spend time with your creator. David was a shepherd, and God called him to be a king. Do not put a limit on what God can do in your life. I used to build houses. Now I'm up here preaching and singing. And worshiping. Do not put limits on what God can do. Not put them in a box. You might say, Wes, I'm stuck, stuck in this rotation, this day-to-day -day grind. Always doing the same thing. What's next? Have you had quiet time with your creator yet? Have you spent time with Jesus lately? Or has the holiday Christmas season been too busy to sit with the one that it's for? Christmas gets so hectic sometimes with all the stuff we add on to it that we miss sitting down and just being with Jesus. Allow him to minister to you. Just be quiet in his presence. A lot of times we'll go to the prayer and we'll sit down. Lord, I need this. I need this. You're good. I need this. I need this. You're awesome. But I need this and I need this. And God's saying, just be quiet. Let me talk. 
Let me spend time with you. Next one I got is a quiet moment. Talk about Ruth here for just for a minute. A lot can happen when it's quiet. You hear and see things you normally miss. Um, it was a couple months ago, me and Kelly were sitting out on our back porch, and we were just sitting, talking, looking. It was, it was kind of dusk, uh, and I look over, and there's some, these things flying around, but they're not flying like birds, like how bats, y'all. How cool is that? Some of y'all are going, what? I got bats. You know what bats do? They eat mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. I also have a lot of mosquitoes. So the bats were just. And I was able to wonder at how cool they flew. I mean, it's like they start and they stop and they just. It's so cool. But I was able to witness what God's created because I was quiet. Just enjoying time. Ruth had a quiet realization. Naomi just lost her husband, both sons, and she was thinking that both daughter-in-laws would leave. She even asked them to go back home. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave. Verse 16, Ruth 1. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Ruth saw devotion to God in Naomi. That through the death of her husband and through the death of her son, she never once cursed God. Ruth saw that and says, I want what you got. Your God has to be real if he can help you through this. Your God is now my God. But it wasn't some miraculous burning bush or it wasn't some angel in a dream. No, it was a realization of her quiet moments spent with Naomi witnessing the devotion and the character she had because of God. And she wanted some of that. I'll tell you now. There are people looking at you the same way Ruth was looking at Naomi. The kids that are sitting in these seats are looking at you the same way Ruth was looking at Naomi. My kids look at me the same way. And I pray every day that I can show them devotion to God. And no matter if we're going through a hard time, that God sustains me. And gives me the strength to do it. Excuse me. Ruth came to know God 
and that he must be real because of Naomi. The next one is a Christ moment. Your Christ moment. We're all in need of a Christ moment. Acts 9 talks about Saul's conversion. That it's, it's not the, the road to Damascus part I want to talk about. The part where Jesus comes and says, why are you persecuting me? It's not that part. The moment I want to talk about real quick isn't, isn't that, but it's what followed. See, we sometimes have these awesome moments during worship sets or when we're up with other believers or at camps and retreats and things like that. We have these great encounters with God. We're on our knees. We're, we're weeping. And then we go back home. It's life is normal. Back to our old ways. Nothing's really changed. Saul didn't have this awesome moment. <laughs> Open his eyes and he was blind. Jesus told him to go to Damascus, and he didn't get up and go, ah, I'm blind, man. I'm going back home. i got to see the doctor. What did he do? He obeyed. He went to Damascus. The part I want to talk about was that Saul spent three days with no food or drink. You know what he did do? He spent time with Jesus. Can you imagine the conversations that went on during those three days? There were no distractions. He was just him and God, back and forth. I think some of that time talks about when, uh, when God told Ananias to go heal him. And I was like, whoo, hold on, man, that guy kills us. Now, he's my chosen vessel. I will show him how much he has to suffer. There was probably times in those three days where God says, here's what's going to happen to you. You know what he did? He got up and he started preaching, knowing he was going to suffer. He got up and he started preaching. The Bible says immediately he got up and he started preaching. I had the, the my dad, as my last thing I want to talk about. Y'all bear me with me as I get through it. My dad loved the Lord with a passion. I saw it day after day after day how much determination he had to do the work he was called to do. No matter what obstacle was in his way, he was called to reach people for Jesus. And he never wavered. I saw him fight through an illness that ravaged his body with tumors. 
And during that whole time, he never turned from God. I saw how a genetic disorder had no power. He had no power against draw him closer to God instead of further away. I saw how he was in the hospital recovering from one of any major surgeries. And still making an impact for Jesus. I saw in his last years of ministry where he couldn't even stand up to preach. Sat on a stool because he wasn't done yet. He was so sick, he, barely, he, he doesn't even remember marrying me and my wife. But he did it because he loved his family and he fought every single step of the way I saw how the nurses and doctors were changed because of him the impact he had in that hospital rooms in those doctor's offices people were changed for eternity because of him they would come out to the family, to us, and they would talk about after he was starting to wake up, and he goes, I don't know how he does it. He's in so much pain, and all he's doing is saying, thank you, Jesus. Knowing in their mind, they're thinking, I have to have some of that. The disease I'm talking about is VHL, Von Hippel-Lindau. And I'll use VHL so we don't all get confused. It all started, and finally that last moment. It all started when I wasn't listening to my then girlfriend, Kelly. And she was mad at me all the time. I wasn't listening to her. At least that's what she thought. About to, about to break up with me. Yeah. So you know what she did? Sent me to a doctor. So you got to get that checked out. Well, because of her, I found out that I was deaf in my right ear. And then I got to think, growing up, I never remember listening or on the phone with my right hand. I'm right-handed, but I never remember putting the phone up. And this is back, kids. It had no cell phones. It had a cord on it. Girls, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's a red phone. Yeah, yeah. Had a cord on it, but I always remember it on this side. But nothing, I didn't think anything of it. But I was completely deaf in my right ear. So, that triggered us to get tested. Me and my three brothers went to the genetic counselors at, uh, at then, that time, CMC Maine. Got testing. <laughs> I got a phone call while sitting and eating at Brugger's Bagels. Just down the street. I tested positive for the same thing that my dad 
had to go through. The same thing he fought every single day. And the same thing that eventually took his life. That news changed my life forever. I would have to constantly be tested if there is a bright side to this disease. I get scanned twice a year. They scan my abdomen, my brain, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I have many, many cysts on my pancreas and my kidneys. Praise the Lord, they are all very small. And I just keep getting scanned. There's not one that really, the doctors go, we got to get out. My, my cousin has it, and my aunt, his mother. I was the only one of four boys that got it. So you know what my question was? Why me? Why me? Why did you pick me to do this? I'm not strong enough. I can't go through what dad went through. And it being a genetic disorder brought another thought to my mind. What about my kids? What about my children? Are they going to have to go through this too? Every parent wants to protect their kids. And that was one thing I know. If they got it, I couldn't, I had no power over it. There's nothing I could do. Then I heard, they're at Burger's Bagels. God speak to me. Now, it wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't an ominous cloud that came out of the sky. Wes, no. I knew. I knew. He told me he was in control. He is not surprised by this information. He told me not to worry. And he told me it wouldn't happen. Speaking about my kids. So from that day, I believed without a shadow of a doubt that my kids were going to be negative. Without a shadow of a doubt, I had no doubt in my mind. (laughs) Well, these girls went and got tested. It was Tuesday of this week. We got the results. Both of them are negative. (laughs) Their kids can't have it. 
Their grandkids can't have it. It's done. <laughs> but because of that moment, because of that moment at Brugger's Bagels that I have with the Almighty God after getting news that crushed me, I never wavered. I never doubted. You can ask Kelly. She would bring it up every, every so often or whatnot. I'm like, That's all right. The girls, they're good. They're good. Even when they got tested, they're good. They're good. I know my God didn't lie to me because he doesn't lie. I know he does what he says and he keeps his word. So if you're waiting for God to do something in your life that he said he was going to do, he is going to do it in his timing, not ours. I don't know why God gave me this disease, why he allowed it to happen. But that's not for me to know. What is for me to do is to praise him in everything. Worship him through the tough times, through the good times. Praise him because I'm able to lead worship and I'm deaf in one ear. What? I knew. My oldest one had just turned 11 in November. And I knew that they would be negative and never have to deal with this. <laughs> God only speaks truth. <laughs> I want to take just a quick moment. I don't want this to miss the opportunity. If you're going through something, something in your life, news, or just life, and you're trying to go through it alone, there's an easier way. And I mean easy on he gives you the strength to handle it. I don't mean easy that he's not going to let everything, he's not going to keep all the bad stuff from you. Nowhere in this book does it say nothing bad will happen. In fact, it says the opposite. But in this book, it does say, I will give you strength when you need it. I will give you peace when you need it. I will give you joy when you need it. And this morning on the way here, those are the two things I pray for, peace and joy. And he gave it. There is no short supply of peace and joy in his kingdom. Would you bow your heads? I want to take just a quick moment. You might be going through something in your life where you need an extra special help. You're waiting for that moment in your life, something to happen. <laughs> that moment's now.
I don't want you to miss out. God is calling all of us to him. Jesus is coming back, y'all. We do not know the day nor the hour, but he is coming back. And I believe it's not long. I believe it's soon. And you do not want to be here after he comes. You want to be with him. If you need a touch from Jesus, you say, Wes, I'm lost right now. I need Jesus. Maybe you've fallen a little bit and you want to rededicate your life. Whether you want to become a brand new believer for the first time or whether you want to rededicate your life, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Slip your hand up and put it right back down. That's all it takes. I'm not going to wait long. It looks like we're all believers. Amen. So I would like to pray for those moments in your life where it might seem unsure. God is not surprised. Father, I thank you. I thank you for always having a plan and never being surprised. I thank you for your willingness to love us even in our, our faults. I thank you for your joy, for your peace. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for the quiet moments we get to have with you. I thank you for keeping that disease from my girls. God, I pray for those that are here that need a special touch from you. that you would touch them. Give them a moment that will change their lives. I thank you for how you are strong when we are weak. I thank you that you never waver. You are always there. I thank you for this church and this ministry. Continue to grow it so that more people can be reached. That's why we're here. We're not here for a bigger building. We're not here for more people. We're here to touch lives, to change lives. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Continue your work, Lord. Continue your work in this place. Let us leave here with a newfound purpose to tell everyone we know about you. To not to hold back anymore.
to watch out for those moments. Whether it's a miraculous moment or a quiet moment. I thank you for being here today. Guide our steps in this year. Let 2022 be a year of revival. Let this year be a year we see souls changed. Prodigals come home. The sick are healed. God, do something amazing in this year. We're here to follow you. You are the great shepherd. Guide us, Lord. Let us change our community because of you. Jesus, because of what you did on the cross, we can proclaim it loud. You're alive and living in us. Bless our day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.